Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I'm joined by Miranda, Adam, and our special guest, Kelly DiRezzo. How's it going, everybody? Good. How are you, Tony? Good. Hey. Hey. Um, so tonight uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of the and more in the Mouse and More podcast. It's not going to be so much about the mouse. It's going to be about Virgin Voyages, uh, which is a new cruise venture uh, from the Virgin Group. Uh, that would be Sir Richard Branson's uh, organization. And uh, they decided a number of years ago to put together a cruise line. Uh, they announced it in, oh, God, about 2017, I believe. Uh, they have now started running. They got delayed by COVID a little bit, uh, as well as some construction delays with their initial ship. And they started sailing in October. You guys were in the October sailing, right? Yeah, we were in the second sailing on October 10th, I believe. Excellent. So that is that is why Miranda and Kelly are here tonight, is they actually did sail uh, with Virgin Voyages on their second uh, sailing out of Miami. Uh, they are on their the first ship, which is the Scarlet Lady. Scarlet Lady holds about 2,700 guests, and it's going to be uh, home ported out of uh, Port Miami year-round. They do have a second ship. The Valiant Lady, which is right now over in the Mediterranean uh, and beginning winter 2021, she is expected to come over to Miami and winter in the States. There's a third ship on order that is the Resilient Lady, and she is expected to be delivered in August of 2022. So very quickly, uh, Virgin is stepping up their game by putting together three ships. And, uh, you know, they're about the size, uh, since this is a Disney podcast, uh, we'll say that it's about the same size as the uh, Magic and the Wonder. Uh, they hold about 2,700 guests. That's around the capacity of the Magic and the Wonder. So they're not a super, super ship, um, but they are uh, pretty sizable. They're U.S. sailings. Um, let's see, what are the Scarlet Ladies? Uh, ports. She is doing sailings to uh, Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic, or Costa Maya, Mexico. They were supposed to do a Havana cruise, but that got uh, shut down by the United States government in 2019 prior to sailing. So they have added a fourth itinerary option to Cozumel on five-night sailings. Uh, they do have a beach club on the island of Bimini, uh, which I'm sure we're going to get some highlights of that from uh, Kelly and Miranda. Tony, Tony, yes. where is Bimini? Bimini? Bimini is a small island in the Bahamas. Literally 60 miles off, like, from Miami. And that was our last night before we went back to Miami. I think we must have just, Kelly was like, I think we're drifting in yeah. to shore. I don't think they had to use any power I mean, power 60 miles there. in a whole night. Yeah. All right, so, so it's a... It's a Bahamimi, Bahamimium. It's tiny, too. Our shuttle drivers were teaching us uh, a little bit about the island. It's like six or seven miles long and a mile and a half wide. Yeah, I'm looking at it overhead, and it is like the size of my thumb, so it's very small. Um, uh, Adam, just so you know, that map is not a one-to-one -one scale. Well, so in my your, mind. Your thumb is not that big. Well, <laughs> well, it depends on your point of view, I guess. Um, It's got a lot of... I tell you what, it's got a lot of lounge chairs because I could see it on the, um, I think, wait a minute, is that Kelly right there? Kelly, what color uh, bathing suit were you wearing? Green? Because I see some. Anyway, no, that's, um, that's really, that's really nice. So they have their own beach, kind of like Disney has with Castaway K or Key. It shares the island with Hilton uh, Resort World, but the Bimini Beach Club is its own 
area that you're taken straight to on the Bimini Jitney. Bimini Jitney. Say that several times fast. Bimini Jitney. Who goes there from Hilton? Is there like, there's no airport there. You there can actually an take a seaplane. There is airport on the of Bimini Adam. Huh? Uh, what? Huh? There's, there's a South Bimini airport. There is. There is. I uh, asked our Jitney driver and he said that you could fly in direct to Bimini. Hmm. I'm going to there's, research it. There's North Bimini and South Bimini too. And actually it's, I'm drawing a blank onto whether we were on North or South. <gasps> oh, maybe there's two. Maybe I'm not even. But they, I also, I loved Bimini Island so much, spoiler alert, that I was looking into going just there on vacation. So they have several rentals, several options at the Hilton. And you can take a ferry from Miami or a seaplane or a regular old plane and then and then transfer over. Yeah, you're going to want to do that. That sounds so cool. Or you could just swim. <laughs> yeah, 60 miles. <laughs> yeah, piece of cake. I'll be there in two days. So let's uh, let's let's save the beach club uh, for the end because it sounds like it's going to be the highlight, uh, one of the highlights of the cruise. Although this this whole cruise sounds like it's going to be a highlight uh, yeah. because there was a lot going on. Uh, some of us were following you along uh, your journey on Instagram, um, and uh, we're very jealous. Uh, but I am I am actually headed on the Scarlet Lady on December 10th, so I'm looking forward to your thoughts. Um, and to get a little insight as to what you enjoyed and what you didn't enjoy. So let's uh, let's start off like we do with every cruise, and that is the embarkation process, uh, arriving at the port. I'm sure we have some type of special uh, COVID-related activity going on uh, for testing. So why don't you just kind of walk us through uh, your, your first day there? When we arrived at the port, we did know ahead of time we were going to have to do some COVID tests, Everyone had a uh, embarkation time. We were assigned 2.30, I believe. You check your luggage, you wait in your line, you get inside, you go through security. They have you sign up while you're waiting in line to make your COVID test appointment so that they have all your info already. So you get into the, the health center, a nurse uh, politely will swab your brain and do a rapid PCR test. They then show you towards a waiting area that you wait to get your email. It came to Miranda sooner than it did come to me. So if anyone knows me, I was sitting there freaking out, anxious that I was positive since she was negative and it took so much longer. But that was... Now, now one thing I did see about that whole waiting process is that there appeared to not be a lot of chairs at the terminal. And I know the terminal is not Virgin's terminal that's still under construction. Um, so it, it, what I've seen is it looks like a lot of people standing around with their luggage. Um, it didn't feel particularly crowded, but I don't think no. our cruise was exactly maxed out either. But no, it's small. Now, I will say that there was, and this is rumor, this is somebody who said that they talked to somebody on the crew who said that at the First, the the mermaiden voyage, Richard Branson saw that embarkation was a bit of a mess and that he said the new terminal will be ready by, I think it was mid-November. I have no confirmation on that. That is a rumor, but it sounds did, like something Richard Branson would say. <laughs> I did think generally there was plenty of seating for who needed it because the staggered embarkation times were scheduled out. I feel like by the time the next group was coming through from their COVID test, a lot of people were getting up and had their results. Once you had your negative COVID result, then you went to like the passport line. 
They checked your passport. They activated your C-band, which we'll get more into in a little bit. And you headed straight up the escalator to get on the ship. Are either of you experienced cruisers? No, this was my first. This is your first. Okay. Me too. Excellent. This was my first because I did not have an interest in cruising really prior to this. I was interested in this one because they do things very different. Things that, that didn't appeal to me about regular cruising, they didn't do. So I feel like this was a good first time win for me. Now I'm interested and I think that I do like it. I might try a more traditional cruise. So uh, you got on board and what is the what is the process? To, where were you herded? Were you led to a certain area? Um, obviously, once you got your COVID test, you dropped your luggage off somewhere and uh, you head up. Do they do they have lunch? Do they have the pool deck open? What uh, what did you guys do for the afternoon? So everything was open right away. We had checked, each of us brought a large check suitcase and a carry-on. We had checked our large suitcases, and by the time we boarded the ship, we could go straight to our rooms. They were ready, or our cabins were ready, and our large luggages were already there. So I would actually change, I would have checked, in hindsight, checked both my luggages and not had to carry anything through the process. And yeah, everything was open from the minute we got on board. We went straight. We were starving. So we went straight to the galley, which is their food hall, and grabbed some food. I would always hold on to that carry-on. Um, you know, you, you are kind of in this post-COVID area dealing with lighter crowds. And, uh, you know, when they're delivering luggage, I, I, you know, I can speak from the Disney experience, is luggage sometimes does not arrive until you know, four o'clock, five o'clock, sometimes while you're at dinner. Uh, so you, you don't want to go without that uh, that carry-on, especially since it's got my swimsuit in there and I usually want to hit the pool. How many, did they say how many people were on your cruise? I never heard anybody say. I, I don't not. think, it, like I said, I don't think it was full. We had mm -hmm. neighbors on one side, but I don't think on the other. Um, and I don't know how full the um, other Rockstar suites were, the upper level ones. Okay. I know most of them were. So you you checked on board, you went to your stateroom, and what category stateroom did you have? Sea Terrace. And there's a Sea Terrace, and then there's a Sea Terrace XL, which is just a little bit longer. But with a Sea Terrace, you get a balcony with a hammock, two chairs, and a little end table. Yeah, the Virgin ships are unique in that a very high percentage of their staterooms have uh, balconies or verandas. Very, very chic, very chic furnishings. Uh, um, Tony, yes, Adam. Would you say they have a veranda for Miranda? Ah, <laughs> yeah, they do. I see what I see what you did there, Adam. The only <laughs> thing that could have been better about that that terrace is if there'd been two hammocks, because we had to take turns. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. <laughs> now they did, and and those rock star suites that have the you know basically like two or three of our balconies they had doubles in those and that and i don't believe in the xl i don't think they do in the xl but they might i need to double check that i need okay. to pull that up and that is one of virgin voyages signature furnishings is that uh their veranda cabins well not their veranda cabins but their verandas all have a i believe it's a hand woven uh hammock that is mm, i don't want to say where it's imported from because i'm going to get it wrong i wanted to say like guatemala where is it from? Thailand. Thailand. And I hear that they are incredibly comfortable. They are. Let me tell you. 
You can use it no. as a chair or a full-out lay-down hammock. It kind of stretches to conform whatever shape you want. Okay. Now, did you buy it's one like different home? swaddled. I almost did. I, I did really not. Close. They do sell them in the gift shop. Um, you can also get them online. There's a label on the hammock itself. You can buy them on the website. I did not. I don't have a place to hang it, or I might have strongly considered it. I'd say your living room is a is a good place. <laughs> the, like you said, the, these are kind of cutting edge staterooms, so I believe uh, you know, much like a Tesla, everything is controlled by a control panel. Is is that right? Tony, what is this? Nineteen ninety four? A control panel? No, a control they're called panel. like they're called tablets. Sorry, I was on, on mute. I was on mute as well. Jeez. Yeah. So there's a tablet on the little desk area. And it basically controls everything you could want from lights, music, television, if you want to open the blinds. Um, you can also make requests for your cabin in there if you would like some fresh still or sparkling water, a refill on your ice bucket. You can order room service from your tablet. And um, i trying to think of what else. Oh, you can request your bed be made and stuff like that. You kids and your electronic gizmos. All right, so you you checked out your cabin. I'm sure you took a little bit of a tour of the ship. Um, how how do they do dining uh, with Virgin? Is it open seating? Is there a set dining time? Does everybody just kind of wander around and graze? This is one of the reasons why I chose Virgin Voyages. There is no mass dining room. There is not like a formal two times. It's just like real world. You've got multiple what they call eateries, um, which are fine dining. All of them have been um, designed, the menu designed by a Michelin chef. Most of them, the kitchen staff has all worked in Michelin restaurants. One of the restaurants requires that everyone in the kitchen have Michelin experience. They all have their own kitchen. They own. They have their own GM. They have their own dedicated staff. So it's a completely different dining experience. I loved it. But you book it just like you would Disney dining in advance. You get to go on their app and book your dining times. And, and is are those uh, meals that you book, are those included or are those um, uh, extra cost? They're included. That's all. All the food is included. And so just like, you know, like at Topolino's or something, it, even though it's a plated meal, you can ask for more of anything. If you want mm -hmm. the steak, the lobster, order it. They're happy to do that. The restaurant service was absolutely Michelin star quality. At one point at the um, test kitchen, I had a waiter positioned behind me. And, you know, I couldn't take a sip of water before it was refilled. It was the the wait staff was perfection. Excellent. I did hear that uh, Virgin poached a lot of the uh, Disney Cruise Line staff, so it will be interesting to see if there's uh, any any familiar I'll faces on there for how me. How they're poaching them? They're offering them all free Wi-Fi, and they get their own cabin. Specifically, Richard Branson said, "Ask them what they don't like about working on cruise lines," and they said, Sh "You know, sharing cabins, um, the food quality, having to pay for Wi-Fi." And all of those things that they said they didn't like, he's, he changed. So mm -hmm. they are attracting the best of the best, and they're getting at their pick of whoever they want. Oh, good good for them, keeping their, their crew's happiness uh, in mind. That's a, that's a big deal because uh, you, you don't get that from a lot of cruise lines, but that's, that's nice to hear. So let, let's talk about the rest of the evening now. So you, you've, you've eaten your dinner. 
what do you do? Is there nighttime entertainment? It, it seems very, it seems very much like a free form type of cruise where there's, there's not a lot of scheduling. So how do you, how do you go about finding out what's happening on the ship and what type of experiences did you have on that first evening on the ship as far as entertainment goes? It's all on the app. It's kind of like Disney again. They're moving everything on the app. So in advance, you've got the itinerary. Um, I have my list of my original itinerary. I wish I could have hit all of that. And I still have so much more I need to go back and do. But you can book your certain experiences or shows or entertainment you can book prior to embarkation. The others and things like spa treatments, the tattoo parlor, lunch reservations, you cannot book those until you have watched your safety video and checked in at your muster station. Then you, the, the app will allow you to process through and start booking some of those other things. Did you just okay. say mustard station? No, I said a muster. It is ragweed season in Georgia. Well, what is that? A mustard? Ragweed? No, mustard. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's where that you go to check in. I know where ragweed is. <laughs> right? Am I spelling it wrong? It is. Adam? No, I'm you're not right. a cruiser. I'm not a cruiser. So what? What are you? What is that word? A muster? What does that mean? So if you ever hit an iceberg in the North Atlantic on an unsinkable ship, the muster station is where you go to to get on your lifeboat. So that's a real name? It muster? is. It is. It means to Guess gather. That's where ours was. Oh. The Champagne Lounge. So like everything else on Virgin, they do the muster stations a little bit different. From what I hear, I'm not a, a, I'm a new cruiser, but I think most cruise lines kind of do everything on a deck all together with all the passengers in a large group or at least larger than 20 or 30 like we had. They, after you watch your safety video in your cabin, they assign you to a muster station to go check in. So that's where you, like Miranda says, ours was at the SIP lounge, which is the really fancy champagne bar. And they scan your C-band to prove that you came, you checked in, you've confirmed that you've watched your safety video, and you know where your life jacket is. I I wonder if that's like a if that's a COVID thing. They just want less people in a smaller you know space type thing. I, I I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know that they are doing uh, they they are going to virtual musters. I know on the Disney Cruise Line. So it used to be you'd have to have a couple of hundred people there who were all at that muster station. Now it's uh, much like Virgin. You're watching a video, doing a check-in, and uh, just confirming that you know where your station is. So uh, I would assume that once the conditional sale order is over as of January 15th, that uh, we will see the return at some point after that of of actual muster uh, stations and check-ins. I would want my muster station to be in the Dijon room, but... Who's counting? Oh, you're, uh, <laughs> you're, you're just all full of them today. And you know what? We haven't recorded in a while, so I've been like, I've been like hoarding my jokes for yes, now. Yes, yes. And, and uh, I got to impress Kelly too, because you know. Yeah, you saved your terrible puns until I came on the show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, your uh, your your uh, your stuff is all Muppet Show worthy, Adam. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna get you writing the next uh, Muppet yeah, I, special. I skip that attraction at Hollywood Studios every <gasps> time. Oh, gosh. I think something else that if we want to rewind real quick, I think something that everyone listening should know about Virgin is Miranda touched on how they do everything different. This is an adults only cruise. It's adult by design. It's 18 plus. 
there's no children on this cruise. And during this COVID period that we're all experiencing, it is vaccines required and negative COVID tests required as well. That That is a good point. Uh, they are adults only. And it's not that there are any experiences that are adult oriented. Uh, I know some people were concerned over what type of entertainment would be going on or uh, what type of, of, you know, uh, adult functions would be happening, but it's just a cruise line that caters to adults. You know, the, their, I think their target demographic is, you know, 20 to 40 adults, no kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, not everybody has to be the number one family cruise line, uh, you know, like, like Disney. It's just the business model they've chosen to, to follow. And, uh, you know, we'll see if it works for them. Personally, I, I thought it was great. As somebody that doesn't have kids, I love kids. I, I I think children are great. But when you're on vacation, it was really relaxing going in, knowing if you're laying by the pool, no one's going to cannonball next to you, and there's not screaming toddlers running around at dinner time. Mm-hmm. How uh, speaking of the pool, uh, how were the crowds uh, on the upper decks? Were were there pool spaces available? Did you have to make uh, reservations to go to the pool? Were there any type of COVID protocols that that prevented you from doing any activities? First off, let's clear up. The pool here is for lounging, not for swimming. This is probably my only problem with this cruise. It is tiny. It is a very wow. tiny pool, and it's it's like an oval, but only the middle is actually deep. The two ends are like um, shallow little shelves. It's it's lovely. But it's for hanging out. It's for seeing and being seen, mm-hmm. not for actually swimming. Okay. And and I, I hearken back to uh, something you one of you mentioned before the show began, uh, and, and that was that the ship is very Instagrammable, very Instagram friendly. And you just mentioned that the pool is, is a place to be seen. And, and you know, it, it, it seems like there are a lot of great social media opportunities on board the ship. And uh, do you think that was uh, purposely designed as such? Yeah, I think they did their 100%. Yeah, I think they did a great job of making themselves marketable for free because there's nowhere you go on that ship that you don't want to take a picture either in front of or of and post that to social media. Everything is differently themed, but somehow cohesive and, and really classy. Well, you had asked us about what entertainment we did the first night. So the first night we went to Cocktails with the Hostess. It was Abby the Hostess. She's like, you know, Marilyn Monroe on steroids, but she's hilarious. It's all very tongue in cheek, but it is adult humor. It was, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was at the Manor. So they don't have um, like an amphitheater type venue situation they have smaller venues and the manor is kind of one of the main ones and you'll see it transition and used for different i mean i did a workout class in it but i also went to a nightclub party and we went to this cocktails with the hostess so it was part kind of like cabaret show and humor and it was lovely it was a really nice way to start the cruise yeah it was definitely really fun and um so abby the hostess we that's what we call her that's her instagram handle But she's the closest thing you kind of have on Virgin Voyages to a cruise director. They have this happenings crew. It's like five to ten of them, uh, of the crew members at once, that are in charge of all the fun. There's not like a a generic cruise director. Um, But these are the people that run the trivia and run the cocktail shows and gather up some fun crowds to do some little impromptu 
there one night there was a on scarlet night there was a wedding and they gathered the crowd up to it was a fake wedding but we didn't know that until after it happened so spoilers spoilers <laughs> rewind rewind insert spoilers um, because we totally believed somebody was getting married there for a little while oh i bought into it but i'm super gullible anyway so maybe that's my own fault but um but yeah this crew kind of makes sure that you're having fun and they are so personable that I know Miranda and I each immediately followed most of them on Instagram. They, we like, you felt like they were your friends. But that's, I mean, like one of them, he was absolutely fantastic. And he told me before I left, he was like, if you or your clients have any questions at all, please reach out to me. If I don't know the answer, I'll find somebody. They were amazing. I mean, this one particular guy, we ran into him several times. Not only would he remember our names, but he would remember conversations about stuff we had. The crew was constantly checking in with us that, you know, everything was exactly perfect. And I mean, they were really vested in everyone having a phenomenal experience. Yeah. And they weren't doing that because we were travel agents. I don't even think they knew the first few times we met that we were travel agents. That's just the ambiance that they're trying to create. We touched on food a little bit, but something that I found unique on Virgin versus other training and research I've done on other cruise lines is it's all included. There's no premium upcharges for, for dining. Like we like we touched on as well, it's not a main dining hall. You go to your restaurants that you have your reservations at, or you, you don't there's only two restaurants that the reservations are required. So if you want to go somewhere else without a reservation, you can try a walk up. Gratuities are, are included as well. So you're not carrying around a wallet with some cash trying to, to reward for good service. The service is just great because that's what it is. Now, if you did want to purchase something, uh, you mentioned C-bands a little earlier. Um, I believe you can charge on your C-bands, can you not? Yes, you can. So if you haven't like pre-purchased a drinks package, which is the only thing that you would need, you can purchase drinks packages in like $300 increments. But if you're going to charge anything, like, you know, from the gift shop or something like that, all that's on your C-band. It's, it's, I call it a grown folks magic band. It taps you into your room. It taps you into your excursions, um, your reservations. If you have any spa appointments or anything like that, all of it's on there. Yeah, when she says drinks for that bar tab, it that she just means alcoholic drinks and premium mocktails and stuff like that cuz your basic beverages are all included, all your still sparkling waters, your juice, soda, tea, coffee, all that sort of stuff is included. So smoothies, coffees, lattes, that type of stuff is uh is through the bar tab. Smoothies, fresh pressed juices, alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I guess this is the point at which we need to talk about shake for champagne. <laughs> I didn't get to do because I was boozed out. I never thought in my life I would say, like, I have had too much champagne. The day after my cruise, I was offered champagne at breakfast, and I was like, I'm sorry. I, 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 can't. <gasps> I can't. I don't know you anymore. I know. I know. So within the app, there is a way to actually you shake the app, and an option comes up. You tap it, and champagne is brought to you wherever you are. They know where you are because of your magic band. You're a, you're, you're a C band. You're C band. band. Yeah. You see band. And I mean, we saw it. There was a really lovely couple that was celebrating like their 100th anniversary. And they were sitting <laughs> the 35th. And yep. they, they did the shake for champagne and out scurries somebody with a bucket of champagne and some flutes for them. It was hmm. really cool. And I also heard that the C band, you can order room service and they will bring it to wherever you are based on tracking your C band. 
Yes. Yes, but I don't know when or where you would need to do that. Like, I could not eat all of the food that I wanted to eat on this cruise, and I gave it a valid effort. Because there's not just the eateries, too. I did pretty good. I did pretty good. There's the – it's not a – it's not – they call it the galley, but it's, you know, I guess what would be the equivalent of a buffet on another cruise line. But it's not like an open buffet. It's more like a gathering of food trucks. And they're all really good. You scan a QR code at your table. They come over and you can see the menus for all of them. They'll take your orders and you can, you know, order this from that one, this from that one. They'll bring it all over, all included. Um, But then, I mean, like everywhere you go, there's a coffee shop or a candy stand or um, tapas, like out on the, oh my God, it's everywhere. (laughs) She's saying it like it's a problem, but um, we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. I would say half of every day was spent eating. Mm -hmm. At least. At least. Still didn't have enough time to eat everything I wanted to eat, though. I'll try better next time. Yes, and uh, try try harder and better and succeed next time. Don't don't fail. I I I set my standards too low. I have a question about the app and a question about Wi-Fi in general. So – so do they have Wi-Fi available? Do you have to pay for it? And and then how does the app work? Is it using Wi-Fi? What if you don't have Wi-Fi? Basic Wi-Fi is included for everybody. You hook it up when you get to your cabin. It starts. It activates once you watch your safety video. Everyone can use it on all their devices for free. There is a premium option if for some reason you're on board and you needed to be FaceTiming often or are working with really, really speedy connection. You can buy I think I, we did not do it, but I think someone said it it's was like about $50. 50 yeah. Lynn Testa, I read his review. He said he bought it and it didn't work any better than anybody else's. They definitely got some bugs to work out with the Wi-Fi and the app. So my advice would be screenshot all of your reservations or bookings that you have because sometimes I just couldn't get onto the app. And, you know, I would delete it, reload it. That doesn't help. Everybody was having the same problem. They're not unaware of it. They are definitely working on it. I think it's a little different for everybody because I never had one issue. So a lot of times Miranda would be like, hey, what am I doing at noon today? And if we shared the plan, I we could see each other's. But if it was just her signed up for a yoga class or something like that, I couldn't see her day's itinerary. But the app does have a section. It's called the Me tab that the things that you've signed up for or or motion towards that you wanted to do they show up on a timeline kind of like your my plans tab on my disney experience or now it's called a future plans tab but it does help you keep organized if it works i could see it being really frustrating for those that had some trouble at the start hopefully they've got it all ironed out by the time i get there in december which itinerary are you going on tony that's a that's a darn good question i want to say the the costa maya okay the mayan soul Mayan soul, which was That's then changed did, yeah. uh, and, and modified slightly. But, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it because uh, I've only sailed with Disney and the United States Navy. And, and those are two completely different uh, organizations than what, what Virgin is uh, displaying themselves as. So my one of my questions uh, and, and, you know, we were just talking about uh, what is included. I'm assuming tattoos are not included. And how many did you guys get? And are they matching? Are you besties now? Do you have matching tattoos? Um, I guess they have a tattoo and piercing parlor on board. It's the first at sea. 
uh, which kind of makes me nervous about getting anything done uh, in waves with an unsteady, uh, uh, you know, floor underneath me. So did you guys get an opportunity to visit? Did you did you get any tattoos? Were you brave? Let's see if I can hit all your questions in one sentence. No, we didn't get any tattoos. Yes, we are besties. Yes, we had a chance to visit the tattoo shop just to, you know, go. There's like a little gift shop area in it as well. We did meet somebody at dinner one night that was having a tattoo done. So as we walked by, we we waved to her as as she was getting her as she was getting her tattoo. Did I hit all those questions? Uh, I think so you did. I was talking <laughs> to a guy who did get one and he had booked it because he knew he had heard of that tattoo artist and he told me that these guys are on a rotation kind of like an artist in residence and they're all big name tattooers. Mm-hmm. So I haven't, again, I haven't followed up on that. My advice would be book it for the last night of the cruise because you cannot get into a pool or go into the ocean at Bimini if you've just had a tattoo, which we saw a guy do who had just had a tattoo. So I don't think that's going to go well. Good, good the to know. The beautiful work. I mean, we saw some of the stuff that they were doing and it was really quality. Awesome. I will have my wife schedule her tattoo for our last evening then. Perfect. She's, she's not really getting a tattoo, nor, nor am I. <laughs> I did hear rumors that it was hard to get those appointments. So that's uh-huh. one of those things you can't book until your safety video is done. So if that's a priority for any of these people listening, any of you listeners, do that right when you get on board. Watch your safety video. Make your spa appointments and make your tattoo appointments because those went quick, even on a reduced sailing. The exception to that is the megastar suites. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I'm sure at a certain suites. at a certain level, they will book it for you uh, and make sure yes. you get in there. So yeah. the megastar suite occupants, sailors, when they have a VIP line for their embarkation, of course, And then once the new terminal is up, they're going to have what is called a green room, their VIP room, where they will then each meet with their um, rock star agent, who's going to do all of those bookings for them. So they get first dibs on all of those appointments. They also get a private golf cart driver in each port to take you to where you're trying to get to. You don't have to walk down the long dock like the rest of us. Not like the commoners. And they have their own little house at Bimini. They have they have several other perks too. They these are the mega rock star suites where they are trying to create a lifestyle for a week for these people. You get to go and live like a rock star. Things show up in your room because you mentioned that you like green M&Ms. There may be a sack of them there or something like that. You can run the party. The guy that was in one of the mega suites, he was handing out those Virgin Voyages wands at our party. And he was up top with an iPad and controlling, right, they're all going to go blue now. Now they're all going to flash. Now they're all going to go purple. Someone also told us a story, and I do not know if this is true, but you know what you hear on board. Someone says that in the the highest level of these Rockstar suites, they're given like basically a Virgin Voyages card that they can walk into a bar and buy a round for everybody on the like basically on the house or on on the card on them and to create that I'm rich and I'm a rock star atmosphere we didn't meet anybody that had that card and if we did they didn't offer to buy us a drink (laughs) yes so one of the reasons that I was kind of drawn to this is I felt like there was 
a lot of opportunity here where you could either really lean into the party rock star lifestyle or you could lean into this whole wellness path that they have. Like, and if you know Richard Branson and the Virgin brand, like, you know, wellness is all a part of the, like the brand ethos. Um, so I was able to, you know, go and do sunrise yoga, get fresh, fresh juices. The gym is amazing. It was amazing. Even if you don't work out, just go walk through it. It is really cool. And then I could go and party at night and I felt good about being able to merge those two lifestyles. But like my husband who doesn't drink, I'm definitely going to take him on this cruise. There is enough there for him to really enjoy it. And I was telling Kelly as I could totally do that cruise, spend my entire bar tab on like smoothies and fresh, fresh juices and be perfectly happy be perfectly happy and, you know, go to bed at nine o'clock and just do stuff in the mornings and the afternoons and have a great time and not need the party night lifestyle. There's so much there. I feel like it's starting to get a little bit of a bad rap that it's, you know, a certain adult thing. You don't have to go to the parties. Like you can avoid them. Absolutely. If that's not your thing, I liked to merge both of them. And I thought that was a really fun balance to this cruise. Okay. Let me let me ask you a quick question about the bar tab. Um, did you guys pre-purchase the the bar tab prior to your your sailing? I did. Kelly did not. You can purchase in three hundred dollar increments. They would regularly send me notifications that you know. So regularly, if you per, if you pre-purchase three hundred dollars, you get an extra fifty. Regularly, I saw where there was like an extra hundred. I picked up one of those, and then right before we sailed, there was one where you got an extra 150 on top. I don't know if that's going to be a regular thing. I haven't seen another one of those. Nice that not both people in the room had to purchase it, though, because I know that's a thing with unlimited bar packages on other cruise lines. So it was nice that Miranda got to choose her route and I got to kind of hang back and, mm -hmm. and see. Being my first cruise and being pretty prone to motion sickness, I was a little wary going in to commit myself to $350 of a bar tab in five right. days. Turns out I could have done it, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Okay. I have faith in you. So, Definitely. So, so drinks are like Disney. Like, you're talking like 10 to 15-ish for most drinks. Um, You know, maybe some $9 beers here and there, but I don't mm -hmm. really drink beer. But definitely same same booze pricing as Disney. Um, champagne starts at a hundred dollars. When you do the shake for champagne, that one is a hundred dollars. Did, uh, did they allow you? Cause I, I've heard, uh, uh, stories of other cruisers, um, I'm sorry, other sailors, uh, since that is the virgin term for their guests, um, other sailors being able to use their, uh, bar tab towards just room expenses. How were you, were you able to spend all of your bar tab on, I don't want to say alcohol because I don't want to make you sound like, you know, you you were uh, inebriated the entire trip because that also includes smoothies and stuff. So were you I guess my question is, did you spend all of your alcohol, your bar tab on drinks and whatnot? Or or did you have other expenses that you were able to use some of those funds towards? I didn't try that. OK, I don't believe and we did, you can, we though. I think I it is to the specialty drinks, I think is is what that bar tab's intended for. When you do register your C-band, you attach a credit card to it. So if you made mm -hmm. purchases at the gift shop or, or somewhere else, I believe it would come straight. It would charge your credit card directly. Okay. Yeah, there, yeah I did that. I made a purchase at the um, gift shop and it was 
I can see it on the app. You can mm -hmm. track your purchases on the app. Okay. Yeah, there have been some stories of people, you know, they they utilize $250 of their bar tab and then they take the other money and put it towards, you know, whatever other charges they would have made on board, whether for, you know, retail or uh, the shore excursions or, or, or whatever, that they've been able to to kind of be rather flexible with those funds. So I don't know if that's something where they're just kind of doing it because maybe, maybe people are overestimating how much they're going to drink and they kind of want to make guests happy and they're letting them be rather loose with the funds. I don't know if they'll tighten down on that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to drink. I, I don't drink, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm not going to do a bar tab. And even if Cheryl, my wife does a bar tab, I don't know that she can handle, uh, you know, $300 worth of alcohol and specialty beverages. Uh, I have on, a good uh, authority that she can. Well, I mean, she lives with me. She's got to do something to uh, I mean, take the edge off. How do you exactly? She has my vote. <laughs> now, Kelly, I will ask you a question. It's not specifically related to uh, Virgin cruising, um, but you mentioned you have a little bit of motion sickness. So, how did you address? How did you prepare? Uh, was it Bonine, Dramamine, C bands, uh, which not the Virgin C bands, but C bands <laughs> are a product to keep you from getting sick. Um, what did you do to? Uh, to ward off uh, motion sickness on your cruise? I will tell you that I brought a little bit of everything with me. I'm a planner and I'd rather overpack than be out to sea and not be prepared. I had the C-bands, the, the motion sickness with the little, the button in it to put on your wrists. I had the patches for behind your ears. I just got the cheap ones on Amazon. I didn't do the prescription strength. I think they worked fine. That might have been a placebo effect, and if, if so, that was great for me. Um, I also did come equipped with Dramamine that I didn't end up taking. I think I only took one of them. Um, I wasn't affected much by the motion. You can definitely feel it at more uh, sometimes more than others, but um, did not bother me as much as I was expecting it to whatsoever. Okay. And and where what where was your stateroom position on the ship? What deck were you on, and were you aft midships? Uh... Where, where we, were you? We were deck 12, and we were we weren't midship, but we were closer to the mid than we were to the aft. But we were definitely on that side of things. Okay. Okay. So uh, the ship is 17 decks tall. So you guys were kind of in the middle of the ship. Not a not a bad spot to be on. Yeah, the uh, cabins were on decks eight through 14. So we were we were pretty good. Uh, so what what ports did you visit? We went to Costa Maya, and that is a Mexican-Belizean border area. And did you do any shore excursions while you were there? We did. I dragged Kelly through the jungle for six hours to look at ancient ruins because I have an art history degree, and if there are some ancient ruins within a 100-mile radius, I'm going. And it was fantastic, but she did say she never wants to do it ever again. <laughs> I will say that has nothing to do with the ruins and everything to do with the hour-long bus drive on bumpy Mexican roads. That made me more motion sick than any time on the entire ship. Uh, and uh, what was, was it a school bus and you were in the very back seat uh, on this bumpy road? <laughs> it was a nice it was a nice bus. It was a nice coach bus. Could have used a little bit more air conditioning, but maybe that's just me um but yeah the seeing the ruins those were that was fun then we went to they call it the blue lagoon it was just a lake uh with a beachfront and we had an authentic mexican lunch and 
uh, some drinks there before heading back to the ship. So that was our day in Mexico. That sounds like fun. And then your other port visit was the day at Bimini? Yeah, our second port visit was our last full day on board, and it was at Bimini Island in the Bahamas. It was They call it the stop at the beach club at Bimini. So Virgin Voyages has a private resort that they shuttle you from the ship to the resort. And similar to other cruise lines that have private islands and everything like that, everything on that resort property was as if you were on the ship. So your food's included, you can use your bar tab, you can charge things to your C-band, and it was it was really, really beautiful. The only thing you can't do is shake for champagne on Bimini. I checked. That was going to be my shake for champagne day. All right. How, how long of a ride is it from uh, the dock to the beach club? It was about 10, 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah. 10 minutes. And on the Jiminy, uh, the Jiminy, the Bimini Jitney picks you up at, and takes you straight there. It was really easy. And is there much of a wait for that? How big is the Jitney? You know, I'm, I'm just moving 2,700 people from the ship to the beach club can can take a while. So were you scheduled uh, departure times or did everybody just kind of gather in a large line and uh, head out? There was no line when we went. The mm-hmm. The Jitney had probably like 10 or 12 rows of four that it would hold. And there was several of them. Like we saw others driving as we were heading one direction. There was no line either way, actually. They were waiting for us both times. I think too, since it is just 10 minutes, it's really easy to just go back and forth. Those jitneys run all day. Kelly had us up early in the morning to get to our to get to our beach chairs because she had heard and she was right that the beach chairs went really fast. She like beelined and found us some chairs. I'm a big fan of shade. I don't do well outside in the sun all day, and I knew we were doing a full day on Bimini Island. So I had read in some Facebook groups and, and online that the chairs with umbrellas go first. Obviously, that makes sense. So, yes, I think we could have gotten off the ship at 9 a.m. We got off around 10 and we found a front row with an umbrella right on the beach. 10 was what is was scheduled for, but we noticed that other people had gotten off earlier. And again, um, if you're, you know, VIP in the mega, you get, instead of the Jitney, you get a golf cart that will take you over. Mm-hmm. And there is tons of seating there. It just depends on where you want to sit. Like if you want that, you know, beachfront with the umbrella, those go really quick, but there's tons of seating around the pools, all different types of little cabana situations and lots to do there. Oh yeah. You, you'll have a seat no matter what time you go. It's just a matter of if you'll have shade, which was important to me, but I also still got a really bad sunburn, even though I applied sunscreen like 40 times that day. Yeah. See, I'm uh, you know, I'm a, a, a swarthy Italian, so a little olive oil and I'll be right in the sun. And uh, I think that's like SPF negative two. So yeah, I, my uh, last name sounds Italian, but my skin, the older I get, does not agree and just turns lobster red. I was going to say your name sounds Italian, but your skin is Irish. <laughs> yeah, it's something. I think there's mm-hmm. some French and English in there somewhere. There you go. Uh, all right. So uh, Beach Club overall experience, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, how was the food, entertainment? It looked like there was a DJ and stuff going on on the island. It just looked like a big party. It was. It was great. It was relaxing. Down by the beach was a lot quieter. The party was definitely at the pool. Two huge pools um, at this the, the Beach Club at Bimini. So if you are a pool person and the pool on, on the ship disappoints you a tiny bit, 
you will find your dream pool day at Bimini Island. They've got two pool bars. They have a food shack. They've got soda machines, everything like that. The food was great. It was Caribbean themed. Um, and they changed the menu twice or changed the menu once. Had two different menus depending on the time of day that you were there. It was definitely, I think that was my favorite part of the cruise. I loved that. I loved it more than my excursion day. If there is a double dip at Bimini, sign me up for that itinerary. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I would be perfectly happy for them just to park there. You can park the ship there for a week. (laughs) I would pay for that all day. I agree. I thought it was great. And, you know, I really did enjoy as a first time cruiser, I enjoyed the days at sea that we did have way more than I ever thought I would because there was simply so much to do and so much good food to be enjoyed. But yeah, park at that dock at Bimini Island, and that is the best of both worlds. Okay, so two thumbs up, it sounds like. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then, unfortunately, that was your last full day, which means your next day was your uh, debarkation day. How did that go? Guess How what early? time she had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> 6 a.m., guys. No, we no, no. The restaurant didn't open until 6.30, people, okay? I woke up she at 6 a.m. So we had to have a farewell brunch. Our time to disembark was 10.45. And so that actually we found out was the last one. Everyone had to be off the ship by 11. So we lucked out by getting that late one. We both had late flights, so we figured just maximize our time on board it was smooth sailing. We literally were on board until I think 10:46, where they, where we had a farewell glass of champagne at the sip lounge, and they literally kicked us off with our luggage and said, "You have to leave. We don't want you to, but you have to go." So yeah, that was smooth. I had pre-scheduled our Uber, which I would recommend to anyone else because there was a long line of people waiting to call Ubers and waiting for their Ubers. I did it the night before. On Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. I just plugged in Port of Miami and did that. Our Uber was waiting for us when we got out of customs, and we were set to go. Awesome. And uh, how late were your flights? What did you do? Did you head straight to the airport? Did you hang out in Miami? I know our flights out are like 7 or 8 o'clock that night, so we've got like five or six hours in Miami to like chill. So what what did you guys do after you left the ship? So, Tony, you might look into the – it's listed under your excursions in the app, but they have like a trolley hop-on, hop-off thing in Miami that you can do. They've got a couple of excursions in Miami. They have one that's the Wynwood, like, graffiti art district that I would really like to do next time I'm there. That looks awesome. They had a couple other ones, I think, too. We both ended up changing our flights because we decided we didn't want as well. Kelly was caught up in the whole Southwest thing, so she was really smart and went ahead and changed her flight so that she actually got home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had – we did – we went – so long story short, we went straight to the airport from the port, and both were scheduled on like 4-ish p.m. flights, and – since we got there so early, I was flying Southwest anyway, and you can do free changes. So I hopped on an earlier flight. Come to find out, even after I changed my flight, my original one got delayed so long, I would have missed my connection and been stuck in Atlanta for the night. Uh, so it turns out I, I made a good decision. So I was I was glad to have that flexibility added in so I didn't have to wait five hours in the Miami airport. It sounds like you guys oh, yeah, had an- she- 
we did have some extra time together. We pre-gamed before our cruise in Miami for about 24 hours. Okay. Yes. And by pre-game, we mean we booked a really fancy hotel on Miami Beach, hung out at the pool, and ordered room service at 5 p.m. before going to bed by 8.30. Nice. <laughs> that is a rockin' night. That's It's my kind of night. I, I think that's more my style than, than normal Miami. All right. Uh, so... So it, it, it sounds like you guys had a, a wonderful time. It sounds like you're kind of hooked on cruising. And uh, now you're going to start uh, getting the bug to get back on the water. Oh, yeah, for sure. I want to go back, if for nothing else, than the food. It was just mm -hmm. incredible. Every restaurant was incredible. Now, did they have anything on board, like a future cruise desk, where you could go and uh, book a cruise, have – have they offered any type of discounts via email since you've returned? Um, have, have they done anything to entice you to come back with them? I definitely signed up. Kelly did, too. Um, it's yep. right by the ice cream parlor. Um, but, yeah, and they change, uh, they change their discounts. I know that the cruise after us had the same discount going that was on ours, but it's not like a standard 10% off your next cruise. Um, mm -hmm. It will rotate. It'll okay. rotate. Okay. It was a very good offer. It was mm -hmm. a good offer. I will be utilizing that for sure. The offers that they, they give you are good for two years from the date of your sale. Okay. And they are fully transferable too. Virgin Voyages is very flexible about that. You can take off and add people to your cabin willy-nilly right up until just right before you cruise. And I think one of one of the interesting things about Virgin Voyages is uh, you actually pay for the stateroom, not for the uh, guest. So the stateroom has a fee, but uh, it's not a per guest fee. So if you have three people sailing, the cost is the same as two people sailing. I just don't know that a lot of their state rooms, some of their smaller state rooms only fit two. So very interesting. And then it's it's not a per person cost. You can get three into the Sea Terrace XL room. They've got like a little special fold down for that. But yeah, the pricing on this is surprising. One of the reasons that I specifically wanted to go so soon after they launched was I could not wrap my brain around, like, where are they cutting costs to get to this pricing? Mm -hmm. I'm still not sure. Because it's not in the food, I can tell you that. The booze were all top shelf. The entertainment was phenomenal. That Cirque-style show that we went to was one of the best shows I've been to. It was incredible. Sale, don't miss Dual Reality. That's the name of yeah. that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. Like, I thought, you know, maybe it's going to be like all Ikea furniture when we show up. But it wasn't. It was great. Um, I I can't imagine that the pricing is going to stay like this. I just – and especially like you said, like you're not paying per sailor. Mm -hmm. You're paying for the room. And so I've had a hard time like getting this through to people when I'm quoting them who are used to traditional style sailing. When I send them that price, they're doubling it in their head. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is – it's this. This is all it is. Right. Well, it sounds like they're they're putting out a, a pretty decent product, and and you know it 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 is relatively I, I don't want to say relatively cheap, but it it's it's a comfortable price point. 
You know, it, it's not break the bank. We all know that Disney is is top dollar, and there's a reason why you're paying that much. I'm just wondering if Virgin's kind of feeling things out. I wonder how long the pricing will remain this way. Uh, but uh, but it's 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 nice right now. So I know I am looking forward to my cruise in December, and uh, if anything, just to have a comparison with Disney. And even though there's no kids and it's a completely different, you know, completely different lifestyle uh, for cruisers on Virgin, but uh, still good to have a, a, a different view from the water there. Any any final words? What what if you e- could each give one piece of advice to people who are considering uh, sailing with Virgin Voyages? What would you tell them? I would tell them to make dinner reservations at the Italian restaurant Extra Virgin and order the potato gnocchi. I am doing that as we speak. <laughs> and I had never had gnocchi before, so it's not like that's coming from a huge gnocchi fan, but it is the best meal I think I've ever had. I'm a huge gnocchi fan, so I will uh, I will have to give that a, a try. So I, I know when we first started talking, and, and you guys both mentioned that neither of you had cruised, and, and I forget who said that, uh, you know, they were a little standoffish because of the traditional... Uh, image that we all have of cruisers, which, uh, you know, I think is, uh, you know, people in their 60s and 70s playing shuffleboard, uh, waiting for Captain Steubing and Gopher to walk down the uh, set of the love boat. Um, But cruising is not like that anymore. So if you could, what do you think the target audience is? Who do you think would fit a Virgin Voyages sailing? And what kind of crowd, you know, do you think would not? So on our first night at dinner we had dinner we, we went to the korean restaurant which is you know like a group seating you're with other people we sat with a really lovely couple they're a little younger than my parents they, they have a college age kid and um, one graduating high school and i wouldn't say that they were like a super conservative couple but definitely more so than i am we ran into them regularly throughout the cruise and actually on our way out we ran into them and we stopped and talked to them and i asked him i was like would you book this again and he said absolutely 100% he would. He probably wouldn't have booked it if he had known exactly what all of it was originally just because it wasn't like regular cruising. But he's really glad that he did it and he would 100% do it again. He said that they were just not comfortable at some of the entertainment. And when they weren't comfortable, they got up and left. But some of the other entertainment, they loved they said that they would come back for the food just by itself. And, of course, they loved Bimini, too. So I think if you are open-minded about it, even if you're a traditional cruiser, if you're open-minded about it and you're okay with um, some cheeky humor, some really modern avant-garde um, entertainment, you'll enjoy this. But like I said, you can not go to those shows that you don't want to go to. If you're not a party person – You're not going to just be swept up by a party at any point. You can really lean into wellness or lean into the party. Or if you are a foodie, this is the cruise for you. This is some of the best food I have ever had. We have friends who do work in Michelin star restaurants, um, and we go to those type of restaurants. It was amazing. And the port excursions are really good. I'm looking at some of the other itineraries too. If you're into some of that adventure stuff, Virgin Voyages has a really good itinerary for adventure style stuff. Um, But I think that this is one of those moments where it does pay to have 
an experienced travel agent who has been on this so that we can point you in the right directions for what is and isn't going to work for you. I wouldn't send my parents on this cruise. I would send them on Princess or Disney. But you know what? They have some friends that I would absolutely send on this cruise. I was going to say, would you send your cool aunt on the cruise? Not your parents, but like the cool aunt. I called my cool aunt on the way home and was telling her about this cruise. She is, I mean, she grew up in the 80s. She is a rock star. This is the cruise for her. She would be living her dream. Absolutely. There's about 16 years um, age difference between us. She would eat this up. She would absolutely love it. I think it all goes for what you're expecting going into. With a little bit of research, you can kind of get a, a feel for what you're going to what events you're going to want to go to. If you're going on board a cruise ship wanting to go see a Broadway show and someone playing the the I don't know, triangle or a string quartet, this isn't the cruise that that you're going to find those things on, but there's entertainment around every corner. So, there's something for everybody. And, and like Miranda said, if if something's not your style and, and you don't want to go to it, you simply just don't go. There's a zillion other things to do in place of it. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm sure that uh, all of our listeners appreciate the insight. And uh, I will remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. You can check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Request a quote, let Chris and her team plan your family's virgin voyage. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mountain More Podcast. On behalf of Miranda and Adam, who always enjoys a good triangle performance, and our special guest, Kelly, this is Tony, and we are the Mountain More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.